0: Welcome back, 121 2021, Year of Our Lord. The Nomad Golf Podcast, first podcast of the year. And what we're going to discuss today will be the Tiger Woods documentary. It's the hottest thing going in golf right now. I finished up the second part yesterday. And the one thing that I noticed or what it reminded me of was the first time I saw W, the, uh, the movie about George W. Bush, the second Bush. And I found out some things that I, I wasn't aware of because I thought I was pretty well versed in both. But at the end of the documentary, as was the end of the movie, I came off feeling a little sad for Tiger and G-Dove. Now, a lot of people say Earl was a horrible father, and he did some really, really screwed up things that obviously looking back in hindsight, he probably shouldn't have done. But then at the same token, you can look at the end result in reference to what he was trying to accomplish. And some people would say the end justifies the means, what he was trying to accomplish in all the the heralded accolades that he placed upon young Eldridge early on in his life for him to actually be able to live up to that is a testament to how Earl and Katita raised the young man but then on the the flip side the womanizing and things of that nature that he went through and what he saw with his father some people can say those things are cyclical because it's like growing up in a house with maybe an alcoholic or a drug addict there's one or two avenues you can go you can see that and say hey that's never going to be me i'm going to do everything i can to abstain and not you know partake in that part of of life or you can find yourself traveling down that road but for most people who've been to college you can pretty much tell those, those kids who lived a rather sheltered childhood when they go off to college because they have those, uh, those wild times. And if they start out in the, in the fall, normally we don't see those, cat, those cats in the, in the spring. We call that spring cleaning. And I think that was the case with Tiger. He was just so sheltered as a child, and his parents pretty much kind of just helicoptered around him and control pretty much everything he did and put an immense amount of pressure on him. Once he got out there and was able to just have a little taste of fun and, hey, hanging out with Charles Barkley and Michael Jordan, two of the the cats that probably love to have fun in a good sense. They did everything that you probably wanted, that you probably thought a rock star or a superstar athlete would do. And their go-to place, it's Vegas, Sin City. It has that name for a reason. So once he gets a little taste of that, he's like a pit bull off the leash. So we can understand that. But one of the things that Earl also told him is that, hey, he didn't think he was ready to get married or that he shouldn't get married. And in hindsight, once again, Earl turns out to be a soothsayer because it looks like he probably shouldn't have gotten married But to play devil's advocate, everything that Tiger has gone through and everything that what my old teacher used to say makes those onion skins, meaning things that you go through in life that creates the person who you are, creates your personality, your character. We wouldn't have the Tiger we have today where everybody seems to be in love with him because he's much more personable because it seems that he appreciates You know, the smaller things, the friendships and relationships he's able to build uh, more, at least on the outside looking in. It seems that he's willing to take these younger kids under his wing. Uh, He's talking more to the media. He's talking more uh, to the fans. So I think Tiger had to go through those things. He had to hit rock bottom in order to be the Tiger Woods who we see now and looks like maybe this chapter of his life for him may be even more fun and more enjoyable for him than the previous chapter with him winning all the golf tournaments and him winning all the majors because I'm sure it had to be exhausting. But one thing that I didn't know, what I also found somewhat funny or, or amusing Was Katita's nickname for Lefty. Because we know back in the day, Phil wasn't big on working out and he wasn't drinking the coffee. You know, sometimes you couldn't see his belt buckle when he had his shirt tucked in. And instead of calling him Lefty, she called him Hefty. So that's where it started. But the thing was, I mean, Phil was six years younger than Tiger, so... And he was a SoCal kid, too. So... Tiger had opportunities to compete against the older Phil, and he also had opportunities to try to break some of Phil's records because he was was at some point during that time, because Phil was a well-known name in SoCal, he was chasing some of of Phil's records too. So that's kind of where the rivalry uh, sounds like it began. But then look at it now. Look at the appreciation they appear to have with one another now. Which, if Tiger hadn't gone through what he went through, I don't think they would be able to have the type of relationship that they currently have. And with that being said, I think that's good for golf. Because unlike football and basketball, I'm not really a big fan of hanging out with your opponents and things like that. But in golf, you don't have the helmets on the crowds are more engaged with what you're doing. So I think it's good entertainment if you can see some of the giants of the game starting to, you know, hang out with one another and put on exhibition matches. I remember back in the day where you had Shell's wonderful world of golf, where you would have two of some of the most popular golfers, you know, playing one-on-one match play against one another. So I mean, that, those are things that I think build the game and it furthers the game along. But one of the things that also that I took from the, um, the documentary, which I thought it was well done. I mean, there's certain things they probably could have hit on uh, to be in a more positive light. But I think one of the things that they hit on was, you know, the way the, the Masters addressed the issue with Tiger Woods. Of which I don't think that was necessarily needed because it, it wasn't it wasn't in the best interest of the masters because you have other players out there and I understand Tiger Woods moves the needle, but you have other players out there. I mean you had John Daly out there, I mean, who had drug problems. Yeah, I mean you have Phil who's, who's out there who's had gambling problems and possibly insider trading problems. But none of those things were addressed by the Masters before Masters Week. So I think that's, that's one thing I take away from it where, hey, some of those things could have been, you know, could have been left alone by the higher ups. I mean, that's something that he has to deal with between his family, his wife, his kids, and things of that nature. I don't necessarily think it was something that the master should have should have addressed. But outside of that, I thought the documentary was well done. I mean, uh, Rachel Ukatel, looks like she's had some work done. Wow. Uh, I won't I won't judge Tiger on that because 10, 15 years ago, she was nice. She was nice. And now, um, well, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. So, but the, the big thing there was I thought the documentary was well done. I think... You know, you had some legitimate golfers in there talking about, you know, the greatness of Eldrick Tiger Woods, which was impressive. I'm a big fan of Rocco Mediate and Nick Faldo. Uh, I like those guys. I think Armageddon did a really good job in in some of his commentary. And I think, you know, the news coming down a couple of days ago about Tiger having uh, a little cleanup on his back. I think that, I mean, that's really not big news. I don't think that's going to hinder him from doing what it is he needs to do. Obviously, he's not going to be the Tiger of 2013 again. Uh, but I think he can still be be competitive. And as he said, he just wants to be in the conversation at this point in his career. He wants to still be in the conversation in, in reference to when he tees it up. And I think he will always be in the conversation, so I don't think that'll ever, that will ever leave us. But I, I do think it was a, uh, I did, I did like the documentary. I did. It wasn't, it wasn't as salacious and like a National Enquirer type deal. But now some of the things the National Enquirer did, I mean, that was actually, a, that was actually tasteless. I don't know. I, but obviously, as uh, they know their subscribers and their readers, and they know what they want. So, obviously, there's a market out there for the stuff that they do. And I think that says more about society than it says about the National Enquirer. But from an overall golf standpoint and some of the things that he was doing, you know, outside of golf, going and training with the, the Army Rangers and the Kill House and considering leaving the PGA Tour to go be a Navy SEAL, I mean that's amazing. I mean we had Pat Tillman who actually did it, but to remark uh, to have one of the the greatest golfers at the time, at the peak of his career, consider walking away from the game to join the Navy SEALs. That that's phenomenal. But like Stevie said, the guy's just wired differently. And obviously, in order for you to be great, you're gonna obviously you have to be wired differently. That's that's a part of your greatness. You're willing to do the things that others won't do in order to be great. So with the the looking back on, on Earl Woods, obviously he knew what he had early on. And he cultivated that. And some people would frown upon the way he went about doing his business. But I think there's no doubt that obviously Earl loved Tiger and Tiger loved Earl. There's no doubt about that. And the end result was, it, well, there's not an end result because the book isn't finished yet. Uh, we see where Tiger has gone. We see what he's, he's went through. <clears throat> and it looks like we see where he's heading. So the book isn't finished on, on Tiger. And it looks like obviously he's making a rebound and he's coming out on the other side a better man. Uh, Luckily for him, I mean, he's truly blessed, especially after that, the, uh, the incident with the drugs and, and the vehicle and driving through people's yard. I mean, anything could have, could have happened to the young man. But also, I think at the same time, that may have been a cry, uh, him crying out because he said that, hey, it's, it, it's tough being Tiger. And, and it's got to be when you're put up on this pedestal and you know that's not who you are. And if you come out and you actually show people who you are, will those people still love you? Will you still receive those accolades or whatever? So you're in this bubble and you have to have a a dual life. And lucky for him, he's able to compartmentalize different facets of his life and his emotions. That's why apparently it was so easy for him to cut people off after he went through rehab or whatever. Like his caddy, one of his best friends all the girls he was messing with. He compartmentalizes everything. So it, and part of that, he's compartmentalizing his emotions, which is, uh, I find that to be impressive, which apparently that's one of the things that makes him a great golfer too. Uh, I think most great cornerbacks or most great athletes should be able to compartmentalize. If you get burned on the corner playing football, you can't hang on to that being burned. You got to be able to let that go. And I think with him, he's able to let that go, but he carries that over into his personal life also. Uh, but once again, I uh, I found out some things that I didn't know, and I also noticed that I mean, I feel I feel a little sad for Tiger, and what and it's hard to say you feel sad for a guy who's almost a billionaire, but. If you just look at it from the money standpoint, yes, he's successful, but as a human being and what he had to go through mentally and emotionally as a human being, it was tough. It, it was it was really tough, but it looks like he's come out on the other side and I think he's gonna be a better man for it. And this was the Nomad Golf Podcast first one of 2021 and look we're talking about eldritch tiger Woods. don't forget to go by www.thenomadgolf.com i've got some new swag on there there's only one location so it's near you let your fingers do the walking and play fast or go home